Welcome to the Potter's House North podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by today's message. But I want to lift up just a couple of verses out of chapter 14. 14 and verse 11. I'll go back and get some more in the middle of of our message today. But let's just lift up chapter 11. I'm sorry, chapter 14, verse 11. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere that they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? Here's the verse I want to really get to. I will smite them with pestilence and I will disinherit them. And I will disinherit them. That's how I'm going to stop right there. Just the A clause of verse 12. And I will disinherit them. Now, I, I want to take just these few moments that we have together today. And I told you last week we were talking about you have to see. You have to see what God uh, is, is, is going to do in your life. You have to have a glimpse of it. You have to look through eyes of faith and not through eyes of fear. You have to do that. That's, what, that's why Moses sent them in over to the promised land so that they could get a little bit of a advance, uh, uh, what's the word, advance notice of what God was doing there and bring it back to the people, which would, you know, God wanted it to motivate them to move toward the promised land. But here's what I want to say to you, that when you cannot see or when you refuse to see, uh, there is always a cost of a compromised vision. Whenever you compromise the vision, it is always going to cost us something. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. Father, I love you and I, I honor you for this word. It's a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. And today, there is something that you want to say. People have not tuned in today by accident or by chance. Lord, they are here because there is a word for them. Now say it through me, Lord. Just use me to speak to every heart, every home, every family, and every nation that might be watching today. Say what you want to say because you're God and it's your voice that we need to hear. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So I just want to pick up where I left off last week and I was, I was talking to you and I was talking to you about what what Moses did, I just repeated it to you, so we should have that down pat. He sent them, he sent 12 spies over to Canaan land just to kind of scope it out. And you know it, you know what they said that they found that the land was flowing with milk and honey, and they had a cluster of grapes that was so big that they had to put it on a pole, and it took two of them to carry it back. And I told you that. Uh, out of the 12 men that God sent over there, 10 of them saw uh, the land that God was going to give them through the eyes of fear. And only two of them were able to see the land uh, through the eyes of faith, uh, of faith. And so therefore, when they returned back to Moses to give Moses uh, their individual perspectives of what they saw when they went to the promised land, 10 of the 12 reported that they actually saw the promised land as more of a place of defeat, uh, a place of obstacles, a place of impossibilities, a place that would be challenging, a place that, uh, that actually had giants that lived there. And while all 12 of them agreed that the, the, there was fruitfulness in the land and that there was milk and there was honey and that there was uh, a provision there, the majority of them felt as though uh, that they did not have what it took to possess the promised land themselves, the promise of the Lord to their lives. Never mind that God had made this promise to them. Never mind that he's not a man that he should lie. Never mind that God promised that he was, he was going to be with them as they possessed the land. And never mind uh, that God had, had told them, I'm going to give this to you as an inheritance. And so uh, it, it, all of that should have had them looking through the eyes of fear, but instead they looked at the situation uh, through the eyes. Uh, I mean, all of that should have had 
had them looking through the eyes of faith, but instead they looked at the situation through the eyes of fear. The Bible says that because of their perception and because of their fear, because of their unbelieving and suspicious attitude, that an entire generation had to die in the wilderness without inheriting the promised land. Now, they had, uh, and, and all of that had to happen because they had an attitude of fear and not an attitude of faith. And it ultimately cost them their, their destiny. For the Bible tells us that for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So uh, your attitude and my attitude will either lock us in to the promises of God or it will lock us out of the promises of God. So periodically we need to call ourselves on the carpet and do a checkup from the neck up or do a checkup in, in the way that we think or do a checkup in the way that we perceive things because we don't want our attitude to lock us out of anything that God has given given us permission to walk in and inherit. So when they got to the land, they saw they saw giants that were there. They saw the sons of Anak, and, and uh, the sons of Anak were huge, big people, somewhere between 9 and 11 feet tall. So uh, what that symbolizes to us is that in the promised land, they saw some obstacles. Now, somebody thought, well, if I ever get to the promised land, the last thing I expect to see is an obstacle, but that is precisely and exactly what they had to see. And based on what they saw, they said, we were in our own sight, as it were, we were grasshoppers. And because of that, uh, that's how we saw ourselves. And because of the way that we saw ourselves, that is how the people saw us as well. Can I tell you today that it really doesn't matter how big that the obstacle is. It doesn't matter how big that the mess up is. It doesn't matter how impossible it may seem. It doesn't matter how other people feel. It doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter how other people see it. All that really matters is how you see it because how you see it is how it really is. And if you cannot see yourself, making it then you can't and if you cannot see yourself defeating it you can't if you cannot see yourself possessing it I don't care what God has said to you if you cannot see yourself possessing it if you cannot see yourself owning it then you will never possess and own it own it because if if you think in your heart that it is too much for you if you think that it will be too much for you to obtain it if you think it will be too hard for you to obtain it if you think that it is way too much for your mind to understand it then we will never change anything we, we never we never possess it but if we ever learn to change our mind then that is going to cause our perception to change too so God said these 12 men over into the promised land 10 of them saw the problem and two of them saw the promise 10 of them were looking through the eyes of fear and two of them were looking through the eyes of faith now it's important for us to know that when we look at the future with the eyes of fear what we do and I talked about this a little bit last week what we do is we start uh, underestimating our abilities we start underestimating our promises we start underestimating that the talents that God has given us and uh, the Bible says to us that that's exactly what they began to do. And the tin, uh, the tin that were over there looking through the eyes of fear, they came back. And when Moses was asking them what they saw, they were saying, man, this, we cannot do this. We cannot defeat these people. They are bigger than us. They are stronger than us. And before you knew it, fear had swallowed up their future because of their perception. I'm going to say that again. I said fear had swallowed them up and swallowed up their future because of their perception. Now, not only did it swallow up them, 
and their future, but it swallowed up everybody that heard them talk about their fear. It also, uh, it, it swallowed up everybody who heard their inaccurate report and believed their inaccurate report. They, here's what they said. They said, we are grasshoppers in their sight. And, and, and now, why did they say it? Why did they say that like that? And what, what, what was the result of that? I'm going to tell you what the result of that was. When they opened up their mouth and they said it, what they immediately began doing was projecting their fear on everybody that was around them. And, and that, that is a terrible, terrible problem. That's one of the problems that happens when you have a fear-based vision. You start projecting your fear on everybody that is around you. And let me tell you something about fear, and I'm sure you know it. Fear and, and negativity are very contagious. I said fear and negativity are very contagious. Verse 32 says, and so they spread a bad report. One translation says that they spread false lies. Uh, they, they spread uh, 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 lies. They spread negativity. They, they spread a bad report about the land that they had explored. They, they spread it, okay? They didn't keep it to themselves. They spread the negative report. And this is what happens when you start looking at things, things through the eyes of fear. When you start looking at things through the eyes of fear, you start talking trash. And you start talking negativity. And you start complaining. And you start whining. And you start crying. And you start becoming a, a critic about everything. And th this is why Proverbs tells us over and over again that we should not hang out with scoffers and we should not hang out with cynics and we should not hang out with complainers and those who are always criticizing. And, and I'm not sure if, it, if it's just me, maybe it's, it's you and me and maybe it's all of us, but one thing that I have noticed within this pandemic and and... I would say, especially through the election, uh, uh, one thing I've noticed through, through all of this is just how much negativity is being spread, just how, how many uh, conspiracy theories uh, that, are, that are just going like crazy. They, they popped up throughout, throughout this whole pandemic. You got a conspiracy about that. You got a conspiracy about this. And, and actually, I feel like I've seen more uh, conspiracy theories in, um, in this last year than I've seen in the last decade maybe even the last two decades. And the problem, the reason it's a problem is because we got too many Christians who are falling for all of these conspiracies. And they're not only falling for them, but, but they are guilty of spreading them themselves. Well, I'm not really, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really spreading it, pastor. Uh, and why are you as a pastor talking about that? I'll tell you why I'm talking about it, because it's harming us and it's hurting the body of Christ and it is hurting our nation. And it is time for somebody to step up and say, come on now, y'all, let's just, let's call it what it is. But at the same time, if we don't know what it it is, then let's put an end to that. Because when conspiracy theories uh, become weapons that the body of Christ start using against one another, that causes harm. It does not please God. And somebody needs to stand up. Maybe Maybe it's you standing up in your family. Maybe it's you standing up somewhere on your job. But somebody needs to stand up and say, you know what? Enough is enough. Christians, it's blown my mind that Christians, good, God-loving, fearing Christians are so disappointed 
proportionately engaged in all of these conspiracies. And I'm telling you right now that it needs to stop and we need to call these things to an end. We are, we are called to be discerning, but we are not called to sow discord. I said we are called to be discerning, but we are not called to sow discord. And Christians shouldn't be... Uh, we should be known as people who speak truth. We speak truth. We speak truth, not as people who bear false witness against other people. I can't hear y'all saying amen, but it's all right. I'm going to preach it anyway. Uh, and, and I will tell you that as long as the church continues to being disproportionately involved in spreading all of the, the this, this fake news here, uh, it, it's going to affect our witness. So if you were here, I would tell you to look at your neighbor and say, stop the spread. Stop the spread. And and yes, I'm, I'm talking about the coronavirus spread, but more right now, I I am talking about stop the spread of all of these false conspiracy theories. If we would put our head into the word of God, if we put our head into prayer, if we would put our attention into worshiping God as much as we have into trying to prove this and that and that and this and then take and make a weapon out of it and shoot it at people that don't think like we do, I'm telling you we would be much further along than we are. Well, I'm I'm not spreading it, Pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. No, you're not. You're lying because you are. You're not just thinking. You're spreading it. You're getting on Facebook and you put just enough of it out there to see what other person uh, might pick up and start talking about it as well. We are called to spread truth. Hello. And Jesus, the God that we serve, identified himself personally as the way, as the truth truth and the life. Let's start spreading the truth of his word. Truth comes from trusted sources and you don't all and you can't always count on everybody around you to be a trusted source but let me tell you today who is a trusted source. His name is Jesus. I am the way. I will always be the way. I am the truth and I will always be the light. And it's time for us as the body of Christ, it's time for us to stop spreading false, false and unhelpful information about those things that have public health consequences. It's time for us to be careful what we say. And if you find yourself in a circle that is spreading false theories and negative and, and, they're, and they're spreading them from negative uh, sources. You need to shut it down. How do I shut it down? I'm so glad you asked. We're going to give them the truth out of Isaiah 8 and 12. And here's what it says. Isaiah 8 and 12 says, Don't say that everything people call a conspiracy is a conspiracy. And do not fear what they fear. And don't let it terrify you. Ooh, that's a good verse right there, Isaiah 8 and 12. I'm reading, to, reading it to you out of God's, words, uh, God's word translation. Don't say that everything, everything everybody is calling a conspiracy is not a conspiracy. And do not fear that it, it, the whole bottom line is it wants to attack you and it wants to cause your vision to be blurred with fear. And God is saying, I don't want you to fear. And I don't want you to allow this stuff that's going on to terrify you because it is a trap. And when the enemy traps you, he makes your life miserable. I said he makes your life miserable. And whenever I look at my life and whenever I look at my future through the eyes of fear, then what happens? My life becomes miserable. And when the spies return and they came back with their fear-based report, the Bible said in Numbers 14, 1 and 2, then all the people began weeping aloud and they cried all night 
their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness. Are you kidding me? All of these people, they are having a pity party. They are having a meltdown. They would have rather died in the wilderness as a slave than to face their future. That goes to show you right there that they are looking at their future through the eyes of fear and not through the eyes of faith. Now, here's what I want you to write down today. I'm always giving you something to write down. I want you to write this down. Uh, that verse that we just read to you, one and two, that, that, that verse has got, you know how when you, your car is, is about to mess up, you got these warning lights that, that come on, check engine or check this or, or that or the other. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, there, th that particular verse gave us four warning signs that lets you know that the way you're looking at your future is through eyes of fear and not through eyes of faith. Because here's what it said. It said that they cried all night. So number one, here's, here's the warning sign. Sadness increases in your life. Whenever sadness increases out of nowhere, I mean, ju just sadness. And, and, and it, it is because it's, there is, it's trying to warn you. What, the reason that they cried all night was because that they were afraid. So whenever sadness comes up, you need to adjust your lens and say, I refuse to be sad. I'm going to trust in the Lord. Yes, there's a time to grieve, a time to mourn, but I cannot allow this to dominate my life. And so that's just, just a warning sign for us. The second warning sign, um, they began, the Bible says that they began, they raised their voices in a great protest. So, so they began to murmur and they been, began to complain. So here's the second one, complaining increases. Not only does your sadness increase as a warning sign that you're looking at the future through the eyes of fear, but, but now your, your complaining increases. Has your, ha, have your children told you lately or has your spouse told you lately, man, you are complaining about everything. Well, let me tell you what that is. That's a warning sign that says I need to change the lens that I am looking through. The third thing that is a warning sign is now the Bible said that they started second guessing their leaders, Moses and Aaron. They said, we wished you would have never brought us out here. You are doing a lousy job at being a leader. So now not only has their sadness increased and not only has their complaining increased but now they're second guessing the very leadership that God put in their life and the fourth warning sign that you are looking at the future through eyes of fear is number four you would rather go backward than go forward because here is what they said they said it would have been better for us if we would have just died when we were out there in the desert. Now, the truth is, I don't believe that they really wanted that. And, and I don't believe that that's what we really want. But these are signs that warn us that we are not looking at the future through the eyes of faith. And guess what? Neither were those 10 spies or the people that were persuaded by the rhetoric that they kept going. Oh, but let me tell you something what the Bible says. The other two spies, y'all know who they were Joshua and Caleb th th those two spies were persuaded that they were going to take the promised land in spite of what the other ten said they were going after it and the Bible calls those two men of another spirit Joshua and Caleb had a complete different spirit they possessed a different kind of spirit Joshua and Caleb were survivors they were faithful they were were men that served diligently under Moses. They had seen a lot of people come and a lot of people go, but 
they remained consistent. And when their constituents had the audacity to say, oh no, we can't possess the land. It's too difficult for us. The odds are against us. Caleb interjected and said, hey, wait a second. I beg to differ with you. It can be done and it will be done and we got this because he was not about to allow their negative words to be the last words spoken in the room and so he opened his mouth and declared oh absolutely not that no and, and I'll tell you something about about Caleb that does not surprise me because Caleb's name y'all ready for this his name means dog yes dog d-o-g and that's why Caleb had the tenacity of a dog because if he ever sunk his teeth down into something he had a bulldog fierceness about him that said I will not let you go and sometimes what we need in in 2021 is we need that the tenacity of Caleb sometimes we need to sink our teeth down into to what belongs to us and tell every devil in hell you will let go of what's mine you will let go of my son you will let go of my child you will let go of my husband my wife my money my grandkids you will let go of my vision you will let go of everything that God has promised to me Caleb had the tenacity of an animal and I'm gonna tell you something and Moses so appreciated having somebody that was following him that was so full of faith that Moses said, whenever you come into the promised land, make sure that you remember Caleb, that he might inherit what he believed for, that he might inherit what he believed for. Is there anybody watching me today that has enough tenacity to sink your teeth down into the promises of God and say don't he slay me I'm gonna hold on till he does what he said he's gonna do in my life I don't know who might be watching me today but I want to tell you if you can believe it that you have the ability to receive it it might take some time it might take prayer it might take tenacity and it might take holding on with everything that you got but if God said he was going to do it. You better hold on to your promise. Woo! Lord have mercy. I'm already preaching. Joshua, Caleb, they thought different than everybody that was around them. They saw things different than everybody that was around them because they were men of another spirit. They were Men of another spirit, they decided I'm not going to die in what everybody around me has died in. I'm not going to be limited to what everybody around me is limited by. I refuse to think like they thought. I refuse to die and be buried because this is where they died and they were buried. I refuse to be prejudiced because somebody else in my family is prejudiced. I refuse it with all that I've got in me. Why? Because I got another spirit. I may look like you. I may have some of your genes in me. I might have eyes like you, but at the end of the day, my spirit ain't like that because I refuse to settle for anything less. People of another spirit spirit are willing to be controversial they're willing to refuse to be intimidated by fear and they will run head on into the very thing that other people will run away from and I will tell you why they do that because they know how to mix the word with faith I said they know how to mix the word with faith and because of that they possess the promises of God immature people murmur they complain they listen to and they believe lies and as a result according to the scripture they died in the wilderness never possessing their possessions the immature people couldn't stop focusing 
long enough on why they shouldn't go over there, why they shouldn't go after what God had promised them. Fear caused them to forget how good God had been. Fear will mess you up. Fear will cause you to forget that, and it caused them to forget that whenever he sends you into something, he won't just send you by yourself, but he is with you. They forgot that God was with them. They forgot that they were not alone. They forgot that they weren't doing it in their own might, in their own power. They forgot all that they know, have known about the faithfulness of God, of how God has brought them a mighty long way. Miracle after miracle after miracle, God led them. He led them out of slavery. He led them out of Pharaoh's grip. He led them out of bondage. He led them out of chains. He led led them out of their limitations. He led them through the wilderness. When they got hungry, what did he do? He fed them. When they got thirsty, he became water for them. When they were sick, he healed them. When they were cold, he warmed them. When they were hot, he sheltered them. When they were lost, he found them. He fulfilled every promise and he led them every step of the way. And now, that they are on the brink of that one last step of faith. They get there and refuse to take that step. Fear had made them forget their resources. They forgot the promise. They forgot who promised it. They forgot who they were. They forgot who was on their side. They forgot who was with them. Somebody that's listening to me today, you are listening to me because God wants you to be reminded that I've been with you. I've walked with you. I've brought you thus far. When everybody else walked out and said you were over, I was there with a new beginning for you. And I am the same God that's there now. And I will watch over you. I will bless you. He that keepeth Israel will not sleep nor slumber. Somebody better grab a hold of that right now. You've been on the verge of being disobedient to God and God sent me here today to tell you don't allow fear to cause you to be disobedient. They forgot they were under the protection of the almighty God, the God that is above all, that is in all, that is through all, that is in charge of all, their greatest obstacle could have become their greatest opportunity because anytime you find yourself facing an obstacle bigger than you've ever faced before, it is only an indicator. Y'all better hear me today. I said it is only an, an, indi it's an indicator that your life is at a turning point, that your life is about to move. And I will tell you what, fear made them miss their turn. Don't allow fear to make you miss your turn. Just say, oh God, listen, whatever you say, wherever I am, whatever I'm going through, whatever I am facing, I will trust in you. I will put my hope in you. I'll put my confidence in you. I'll put my trust in you. And I will not get to the brink of a fresh blessing and miss it because of fear. Yes, I am being challenged, but the God I serve does all things well. Yes, I'm in a fight, but he does all things well. I've been provoked, but he does all things well. I'm not making the money that I used to me but he does all things well I've had to downsize but he does all things well they don't even like me on my job but I trust God because he does all things well I'm not as brave as I used to be but I do know that you do all things well and I'm just crazy enough to believe that in spite of what I am facing something good is about to come out of this something good is about to come out of your dilemma out of your problem out of what you're looking at out of what you feel like has swallowed you up God said quit crying quit complaining 
complaining, quit moaning, quit murmuring, quit groaning, and start thanking me. And when you do, I will work all things together for your good. God have mercy. I don't know who's listening to me today, but God is saying to somebody, I am setting you in situations that you have never seen before because I'm going to give you a victory that you have never known before. Oh, hallelujah. But how you perceive this whole thing that you are in, how you perceive it will determine how you get out of it, how long you stay in it, and what you learn while you were in it. So if you don't see yourself taking the land, if you don't see yourself possessing the land, if you don't see yourself overpowering every enemy, if you don't see yourself overcoming every obstacle and breaking through every barrier and bringing down every deterrent I gotta tell you this morning that you will do none of that but if you will barely look through the eyes of faith I'm telling you that the God you serve can bring you through all of this The ten that said they couldn't, didn't. Those that said they couldn't take it, they didn't. And neither did the people that listened to them. You got to be careful who you listen to. I said you got to be careful who you listen to. You got to be careful who you let advise you. You got to be careful whose advice you adhere to. Because telling you it's one thing for people's words to get in your head but it is another thing altogether when those words start getting deep down into your spirit you might get out of a trap when those words are just in your head but if you keep leaning your head in long enough if you keep leaning your head in deep enough You'll start getting words into your spirit. And some of you right now, you are hanging on to words. You're hanging on to thoughts. You're hanging on to suggestions. You're hanging on to conspiracies. conspiracies. You're hanging on to other people's opinion. Opinions that you were never meant to hang on to. Opinions that were never meant to be a part of your life. I don't know why I'm preaching like this today. But I'm telling you, God said you got to let that go. Because if you don't let go of those things, you're going to miss the purpose of God for your life and you're going to miss it just like the people who put all of that mess in your spirit missed it they miss it and you're going to miss it too but I declare to you I am not going to miss anything God has for me simply because I've been having my ear in the wrong place I let it go look at somebody in your house right now and tell them let it go it's time to course correct it's time to correct your course it's time to say I love you but I can't listen to you anymore it's time to say I appreciate you but I ain't got time to talk to you all day because ever since I've been listening something has went crazy in my spirit and I cannot I refuse to move so far away from what I know to be the center in my life and that center is the voice of God and I can't to tell you today that it's going to cost you more than you will be willing to pay. Let go of negative voices, negative influences, negative words, negative people, negative. Let me tell you what it means. Negative means a word or a statement that expresses denial, disagreement, or refusal. It means to reject, to refuse, to accept. It means to render 
ineffective or to neutralize. And when somebody has been neutralized, it has, it, it, what that means is that you've been damaged and you've been deactivated and you've been disapproved and you've been invalidated and you have been rendered ineffective. And that's where some people are at today because you got your ear in every conversation. Every door is not your door. Every conversation is not your conversation. That being neutralized, your, your favor becomes neutralized. Your influence becomes neutralized. And God said, I didn't bring you through everything I brought you through just for you to get to this point and let everything I've taught you and given you and how I've shined on you to be neutralized. Don't let it happen. That's not the position that you want to be in. Stop listening to lies. Stop opening up your spirit to everybody. Stop. Absolutely turn it down and tell the devil I ain't having none of that. Let go of all of that mess because if you don't, you end up believing a lie and being damned. Damned there means disillusion. And I'm in your life today to tell you that God has some blessings that he wants to give you, that he wants to release on you. He's, I'm in your life today to tell you those grapes that you saw on the other side, they are for you. The fruit that you laid hold of, the fruit that you've tasted, God said it is yours. I'm here today to tell you that there is a purpose up underneath all of your problems. I'm here today to tell you that you've got to hold on, hold to his hand, God's unchanging hand. Hold if you gotta cry. Hold if you gotta press. Hold if you gotta reach. I feel like preaching this morning. Hold if you gotta pray all night long. Hold if you gotta wrestle. Hold on if you gotta go back to school. Hold on if you gotta go through some counseling. Hold on if you gotta clean up your credit. Hold on if you gotta face some things. Hold on if you gotta confront some things. Hold on if you gotta endure some things. And hold on, maybe even if you're embarrassed over some things. But if you will hold on, somebody ought to holler, hold on. If you'll hold on and go through whatever you got to go through. If you'll pay the price. If you'll do the time. If you'll confront the giants. I'm telling you something good is coming out of this. There is fruit on the other side that's got your name on it. Stop looking at the giants and start looking at the fruit. Stop looking at the obstacles and start looking at the fruit. Stop looking at the opposition and start looking at the fruit. Stop looking at the mistakes and at the failures and at your weaknesses and start looking at the fruit that God has designed for you. Stop looking at your tomorrow through the eyes of fear and start looking at them through the eyes of faith. Stop talking about how far I've got to go and start thanking God for how far he's brought you from. I don't care how bad your situation is. I don't care how bad your bills are backed up. I don't care how loud and how, how strong the winds are howling around your life, threatening to take your peace, threatening to take your joy, threatening to take your house, threatening to take your marriage, threatening to take your reputation. You open up your mouth and tell the devil you can take it all, but the one thing you can't take is my perception. And with my eyes, I've seen the glory of the Lord and I will come out of this. And I'm not coming out of this empty-handed. I'm coming out with spoils. 2020, I've coming out with spoils. Pandemic.
neck. I'm coming out with spoils. Oh God, I want the devil to know if I lose it all, I still got joy on the inside. I still got peace on the inside. I can lose it all, but I'll never be a loser. Do you hear me today? I said I may lose it all, but I will never be a loser. I shall live and not die. I'm gonna keep my head up. I'm gonna keep my head up. And you better watch out, cause I'm gonna keep on kicking. I refuse to lay down and die. Instead, I'm gonna keep on kicking. Somebody ought to kick your foot right now. You might be in a struggle, but keep kicking. You might be in a storm, but kick your way through it. You might be at an all-time low. I tell you right now, right now, right now, right now in your house, pick up your foot and kick the devil out. Tell him, I don't know whose house you're going in, but I know whose house you're getting out of. Some of you are borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, but kick your way through it. Some of you are facing unimaginable feelings and grief and sickness, but kick your way through it. Some of you are outside of your comfort zone. Some of you feel like you have hit the bottom, but I came to tell you today, make sure you keep on kicking, because if all you can do is lay there and wiggle your toe, somebody is watching me today, and you feel so sick, and you feel like you don't have any strength, I dare you to wiggle your toe. You may not be able to kick, but wiggle your toe and tell the devil, I'm wiggling it, cause I'm still here. I'm wiggling it, because I'm still here. There's an inheritance that's got my name on it, and I know some of you might look at me and think, oh, it doesn't look too good for you. Some of you might say, you aren't enough. Oh, but let me tell you, you're right. I am not enough, but when I got Jesus, I am more than enough. Somebody says, you don't look like you can conquer anything. Well, you know what? In my own strength, I can, but let me tell you, I can't, but let me tell you in his strength, I am more than a conqueror. I may look like I'm half dead to you, but you know what that means to me? That means I am half alive. I've got some issues, but I ain't missing my moment. I've got some problems, but I ain't missing my moment. I got, y'all ain't clapping. Y'all ain't hearing today. Y'all ain't celebrating today. I've got some enemies, but I ain't missing my moment. Yeah, there are giants over there, but if they're gonna be over there, I'm gonna face them, cause this is what God has promised me. I got some big things that I gotta get over, but I ain't missing my moment. I've got some big things that I gotta get through, but I ain't missing my moment. I'm gonna kick my way in. I'll fight my way in. I'll holler my way in. I'll dance my way in. I'll believe my way in. And I will worship my way in because God has promised Cheryl Brady some things and I will seize them with or without you. Woo! Hallelujah. Lord have mercy. I didn't know I was going to preach like that this early. But I'm going to tell you something. Ten men gave every reason as to why they wouldn't even try. But Joshua, Caleb, they just waited for their chance to speak up. They listened to everybody murmur and complain. Caleb had had enough. He said, give me that microphone. Give me the microphone. I don't know what y'all saw, but I'm going to tell you what I saw. I saw opportunities. I saw opportunities. He said, there's no reason in the world that we should be afraid of those people. 
They're prey to us. They are prey to us. They are helpless to us. They have no defense when it comes to us. They have no protection when it comes to us. They are bread for others. Uh, they are bread for us. That's what the Bible says. They are bread for us. In other words, what he is saying, he's saying when you look at them, you, you, you're looking at trouble. But when I look at them, I'm looking at lunch. I'm looking at supper. I'm looking at breakfast. And another thing, have you forgotten that the Lord is with us? Did you forget that the Lord is on our side? And if God be for us, if God be for us, he is more in the world against us. I'm telling you today, this battle is won or it is lost based on your perception. And when you get sick and tired of being separated from what God has promised you, something will snap in you. And when it does, you won't care what anybody says. You won't care what anybody thinks. You won't care who believes in you. You won't care who is there to support you, who is not there to support you. When you really get ready to go for your promise, to go for the glory, when you really get ready to go after the grapes, the fruit that God has promised you, you will not allow anybody or anything to stop you from going for it. Why? Because my eyes have seen the glory. And I'm going for it. Those giants, they were just distractions. And I'm going to tell you something. The devil still uses giant distractions to this very day. He uses them to exhaust you. He uses them to wear you out. He uses them to break you down. Because he doesn't want you to have the strength to go into the enemy's camp and seize your inheritance. Here's what I want to say and I'll close. Those who thought that they couldn't, didn't. Those who thought that they could, they did. Joshua and Caleb's thoughts were not rooted in their abilities. Hear me today. Other folk might have had their thoughts rooted in their abilities and at least they were honest to know that they didn't have the ability but their thoughts shouldn't have been rooted in their abilities. It should have been rooted in their faith. And in closing today, I'm going to tell you everything that God has promised to you must be seen through the eyes of not your ability, but through the eyes of your faith. God said, see, see, I've given you the land. You might be discouraged, but you got to see. Hear me. You might have giants in your face, but you still got to see yourself possessing the land. You, the odds might be completely against you, but you have got to see. Not seeing is not an option because when you don't see, You will not possess. There is always a cost that is associated when you compromise your vision because of your fear. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to have you join us online every Sunday morning at 9 and 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Streaming live at www.tphnd.org watch now or through our Potter's House North app.